0: Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. When you put people in positions for the wrong reasons, you get the wrong people in positions. (laughs) When I led a team to help struggling churches, Uh, one of the things that almost always had to be done was to get the right people in positions that they were called to be in and the wrong people out. And that can be a trick sometimes. But how do people get placed on the wrong seats of the bus, so to speak? Because they are placed there for the wrong reasons. In the case of a church or a political campaign or a or a business, it's, it's usually because they were the only one to step up when the need was there. They were the only one willing to do the work, in other words. In the case of our current vice president, we see this very thing playing out. She was touted as an inspiration to young women everywhere, and, and especially to to black women. I can remember social media posts celebrating her election, and they were practically doing cartwheels over her. Everybody seemed to be just ecstatic about what had taken place. Well, in an an article by Kat Stafford and Christine Fernando, this was back actually um, 2020, so November 9th of 2020, this is an AP News story. It said when Ashley Richardson George's five year old daughter saw Kamala Harris wearing a white surfguette suit uh, during her primetime victory speech on Saturday, she ran into her room and came back minutes later wearing a white dress and sweater. Not only did her daughter, Andrea, uh, want to be like vice president elect, she wanted to look like her too. And on that night, it was more possible than ever. Quote, I was just really happy for her because you really don't believe that you can be anything that you want unless you see it, said Richardson George of New York. So for her, she was like, I can be the president. So to see that glimmer in her eye as a parent, it really is powerful to me as her mom, for countless women and girls, Harris' achievement of reaching the second highest office in the country represents hope and validation and the shattering of a of the proverbial glass ceiling that has kept mostly white men perched at the top tiers of American government. Quote, she's literally the blueprint to women's political possibility. and And now she is stepping literally into the Oval Office and she's going to put an intersectional lens on everything this administration does from a gender or race lens. And this, this is what uh, uh, Gilda Carr, the, the president of um, of high, she's the president and CEO of Higher Heights, which focuses on electing Black women into political offices. Harris, a 56-year-old California senator who is the first Black woman And the first person of South Asian descent elected to the vice presidency has long credited civil rights uh, legends like Shirley Crimson, uh, uh, Mary uh, McLeod uh, Bethul, and Fannie Lou Hammer uh, as sources of inspiration, as well as her Indian mother. And on Saturday, she paid tribute to the woman particularly the black women who paved the way for her. Uh, While I may be the first woman in this office, I will not be the last, Harris said in her first post-election address to the nation. Los Angeles mother Kim Rincon uh, sat with her arms around her nine-year-old daughter, Jordan, and watched the speech. A year ago, Rincon and Jordan met had met Harris backstage at a rally during her bid for president in the 2020 Democratic primaries. Jordan gave Harris and Kamala for president button, and she she was wearing uh, this button before Harris crouched to the, the ground to thank her at eye level. Harris was being celebrated as this superstar at this rally and now on stage accepting the vice presidency, And Rincon, whose daughter is Mexican and Vietnamese-American, my biggest hope is that Jordan grows up thinking this is normal. A similar scene played out in Phoenix, Arizona, in uh, Nicole Russell's home. Uh, As Harris stepped onto the stage, Russell's five-year-old daughter, McKenna, and her best friend immediately sprang up and ran to the TV For minutes, they stood transfixed. She's brown, like my mom, McKenna told her friend. For Russell, a black and native Hawaiian woman, Harris' election has profound meaning, not just as it relates to her daughter, but to herself as well. I'm watching her. I see my sisters. I see my mother. I see every hard-working black and brown woman, Russell said. I see Stacey Abrams. I see all kinds of people. I see all the women who endured so many terrible things to help clear a pathway for us to have this moment. She symbolizes everything we've been working for. (laughs) Flint, Michigan resident Egypt Otis and her nine-year-old daughter, uh, Eva Allen, met Harris in September when she stopped by Otis's store and her bookstore. And her bookstore is named uh, Comma Bookstore and Social Hub during a campaign trip focused on Black communities across the battleground state. So when Alan and Otis watched Harris' historic speech Saturday, it was a full circle moment for the Black mother and daughter. My daughter is going to be a part of history because she had the opportunity to have a conversation with our first. Black woman vice president, Otis said. It just shows you how important representation is. In Fairbanks, Alaska, Trina Bailey and her 13-year-old daughter, Leela, sat arm in arm on the couch watching Harris' speech. It was a moment of hope and mourning as Bailey reflected on the Black women she loves who never had the chance to step on stage like that quote, I believe black women belong in all places where decisions are being made, unquote. This is what Bailey said, um, who is black herself. Quote, today, that's Senator Kamala Harris. Tomorrow, it's my daughter. Layla, who wants to be president one day, said Harris' speech made her confident her dream is possible. Young girls are feeling like they are able to do more than they thought and they were uh, and and they're definitely able to do just about anything. I felt amazing because it made me feel like I had a chance to do things that mostly men have done. That was that that this this article that I just read to you was written a little over a year ago and how things have changed. I mean, you just heard all of these glowing things About Harris and the fact that she was breaking the glass ceiling and all this kind of stuff, and all this hope and all this adulation. Fast forward only eight months, only eight months, and the picture of Harris is not so rosy. (laughs) In an article from the New York Post back in August of last year, Kamala Harris is utterly flubbing her job as Veep, is the title of this. And it says Kamala Harris isn't very good at this. The the vice president has never won an election on her own outside of the hot house of California politics, and it shows. On paper, she was a strong contender for the Democratic presidential nomination in 2020. Once the campaign started, she flip-flopped on health issues and couldn't take a punch from Tulsi Gabbard. Harris flopped out of the race before the voting even began and at the time, she was pulling 3% nationally, and get this, and 7% in the Golden State, her own state. She was only polling at 7%. Nominee Joe Biden got backed into putting her on the ticket, even after she effectively called him a segregationist in a nationally televised debate. He had promised a female running mate, and then, after George Floyd riots, He came under pressure and public pressure to pick a black woman. Amy Klobuchar uh, pulled out of the beep stakes, saying that a white woman shouldn't accept the job. There was only one black woman among the nation's Democratic senators, and Harris was hardly a big asset on the campaign trail. Her uh, convention speech was overshadowed by following Barack Obama's speech that same night. And in her debate with Mike Pence, she spread mistrust of the COVID vaccines. She was bar- barely visible otherwise. Harris' judgment is terrible. During the Brent Kavanaugh hearings, she was one of the senators pushing Michael Envenati's uh, and, and uh, lurid and swiftly discredited rape, a, a gang rape yarn, which backfired on the Democrats. Polls regularly show that more voters disapprove of Harris more than approve of her. And Harris is polling this badly at a point when President Biden is still enjoying a more traditional honeymoon period with voters. This is all on her. And the polling news only gets worse when you look at how badly she polls with independent voters or track how many people have strongly unfavorable opinions. Of her. Besides being bad at politics, she is bad at governing. In California, she pushed a policy to force nonprofit groups to turn over their donors' lists to the state. And she mishandled it so badly that the Supreme Court ruled against her after a vast array of her own political allies filed briefs saying that her policy had violated their First Amendment rights. Even the Biden administration's legal. Uh, brief threw her under the bus. Everything Harris has touched in the vice presidency has been a fiasco. Her scrambled, um, She scrambled to backtrack when Biden made her the face of the administration's border policy, ensnaring her in weeks of embarrassing efforts to answer when she would visit the border. And her lame excuse to NBC's Lester Holt, uh, I haven't been to Europe either. On a trip to Central America, she tried to talk tough on immigration. Do not come, she declared, in terms that she would have denounced as heartless and and worse coming from Trump. While the president of Guatemala reminded her that people were coming because her administration's own messages. Harris has faced a barrage of bad press, even from outlets like CNN that typically lavish Democrats with praise. Those reports often deliver barbs from sources inside the administration who obviously loathe and disdain Harris. CNN reported that her team had been in a panic over the border assignment. A Politico report based on interviews with 22 current and former staffers detailed the dysfunctional and unhealthy atmosphere on Harris's staff. One former staff, uh, Harris staffer reported, uh, forwarded, she reportedly forwarded that report to the staffer's therapist commenting, rarely in life are we publicly vindicated, unquote. The White House was compelled to go into damage control and to defend her with the press. And the latest news in that a group of high-powered Democratic women led by a prominent public uh, relations specialist gathered over dinner to strategize how to rehabilitate the vice president's public image. This is generally not a sign that things are going well. (laughs) So, Democrats in 2024 may have a Joe Biden problem, and Biden is visibly slowing already, and he will be 82 by then. But they might prefer that that to having a Kamala Harris problem on the top of the ticket. We should all hope for Biden's good health in the meantime. Things have only gotten worse, by the way, if you hadn't noticed since last August. Her poll numbers have fallen even more, and her handling of just about everything she touches is worthy of criticism. All of this is the is the case because she has she she was put into place not because she was good, but because she was a black woman. Just like Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson, these women were celebrated and they were celebrated not for being good at what they do or the best person for the job, but for being the first person in their position of a certain sex or, or race or both. So let's look at the other side of the coin. Let's look at a woman that is a, a, who is great at what she does, who's really good at her job and was placed there for the right reason. This, this this comes from the Daily Wire. It says, Virginia Republicans shocked the nation last November when they flipped their state, which Biden won in 2020, with an eight-point margin, and they flipped it firmly to the GOP. Republican Glenn Youngkin, a comfortably defeated Democratic contender, Terry McAuliffe for the governorship, and Republicans clinched a majority in the Virginia House of Delegates. Many stories uh, emerged in the Virginia elections that will define national races in 2022 and beyond. But most importantly, the central role of education and other kitchen table issues that matter to American households are what is going to be talked about. However, the elections were also marked by the emergence of a new conservative hero, a gun-toting, ex-Marine, Jamaican-American, business-owning, mother of three named Winsome Sears, won the lieutenant governorship, becoming the first black woman in Virginia to attain statewide office in the process. And let's look at Sears's rise to stardom, her policy uh, priorities, and, and how her victory could be replicated across the nation. In her own words, Sears took the hard road uh, to public office. Her father left Jamaica for the United States with only $1.75 in his pocket at the height of the civil rights movement. Seventeen days before Martin Luther King Jr. delivered his landmark I Have a Dream speech, he came to this country. Despite the challenges still faced, by Black people, Sears' father took any job that he could find, put himself through school, and brought his young daughter to America. Today, he is comfortably retired because he achieved the American dream. So, this is not my country necessarily, not my culture, Sears explained. And yet, I am second in command here in Virginia. Sears won her first election in 2001 by defeating a 20 year old Democratic incumbent for a seat in, uh, I'm sorry, not 20 year old, but a 20 year Democratic incumbent for a seat in the House of Delegates. She has since served on the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs Advisory Committee on Women Veterans and the Virginia Board of Education. Before running for office, however, Sears led a men's prison ministry and a women's shelter, aiding with the long-term transition to help them get back on their feet. Youngkin is the first Republican to hold the Virginia governor's office since 2013, and Democrats controlled the House of Delegates, state, uh, uh, Senate, and governorship in both 2020 and 2021. Sears observed that when Democrats have that kind of control, they just run with it, but also noticed that they went a bridge too far. Quote, when you've got girls being in the same bathrooms as boys and then rapes happen, then that's a problem. And when you're not trying to fix it, when you're lying to parents about these things, uh, that's a problem, Sears said, referring to the Loudoun County public schools appearing to conceal a sexual assault against a ninth grade girl by a boy wearing a skirt. Quote, when you're trying to pit the races against each other, then that's another problem. (laughs) When the the children aren't learning anything, period, uh, that's another problem, she continued. When you have the masks on in school and it's really affecting children inordinarily, that's another problem that the Democrats had. These were problems that were building up for the Democrats, and they weren't listening, said Sears. They are the new messengers. We brought the new message that the people wanted. Sears hopes that the Virginia Senate, which is still controlled by the Democrats, will get on board alongside Republicans as they forward the interests of the electorate. In any case, they their three-year-old uh, with a message. and Ours is the newest message that the people want, is what she said. Quote, there are certain things that I'm about. I'm not going to be giving those away, she said, <laughs> but, you know, on certain things, you have to have a give and take in order to get done what you want. Although Sears affirms that she can uh, be congenial, and will choose to say no the the nicer way until you show me that that's not going to work. She has earned a a penchant for her blunt communication style. Beyond the viral campaign photo in which she brandished a large rifle, Sears recently drew national attention for using her high-heeled patent leather pumps To bring the Virginia Senate to order after a prankster stole her gavel. (laughs) At the same time, she recognizes that her party will likely be unable to get the whole shebang while the Senate remains hostile. And Democrats, as I said before, uh, when they get the ship, they run. And now we're having to try to get rid of some of the things that they have put forward. We can't get the votes for it um, because the votes just aren't there. So, I would hope that the folks give us some grace and understand that until we can change things, we get what we get and we'll come back next year. During their first days in office, Virginia Republicans began to undo elements of the progressive agenda established by their predecessors. Young can clean house in the state's diversity office, sign an executive order, nixing the use of critical race theory, Government schools and began investigating Loudoun County public schools among other actions. And when asked about the issues plaguing government schools, Sears affirmed that she wants parents to have school choice. If the parents want to continue to send their children to public schools, that's fine. Your child, your choice. If you want to send them to charter schools, which is a public school, that's fine. Your child. Your choice. And she she also declared if if you want private school, you you want a parochial school, you want homeschool, whatever it is, let the parents make the choice for their children. Competition is healthy, Sears noted. I mean, what are you afraid of? What are the teacher unions afraid of? If you're doing a good job, that's wonderful. But if you're not, and parents decide that they're going to send their children elsewhere, then who are you to stand in the door and and block that parent from choosing that for their child? Sears noted, and, and she noticed, that, that critics of school choice are inconsistent with their arguments about state financing. The pushback is, well, they don't want public money going toward private entities. But wait a minute. Let's examine that. You have SNAP, food benefits. Now it's that public money going toward grocery stores, right? The government doesn't have a grocery store that it tells the people you can only use your food voucher at a government grocery store. When it comes to Section 8, we know that that's public money going to private landlords, you see. So there's a problem there, and none of it makes sense, unquote. In a recent interview with the Richmond Free Press, Sears uh, uh that she is tired of fighting people who look like me. This is kind of interesting. She said, similarly, when a black Republican in the House of Delegates was barred from joining the Black Caucus, <laughs> Sears had multiple pithy suggestions for new coalitions such as the You're Not Black Enough caucus <laughs> and the Watch the Trolls Come Out caucus. <laughs> when asked to elaborate on her sentiment, she began mourning that the people sometimes who come against me the most are the people who look like me. I'm fighting for everybody, I'm fighting for black people, white people, Asians, Latinos. I- I'm fighting for everybody. I want everybody to have a fair stake, Sears said. We know, we know that in math, for example, by the time children in Virginia reach the eighth grade, 35% of Asian children can't do math. 45 of white children, 45% of white children, and get this, 70% of Latino children And if that wasn't bad enough, 84% of black children can't do math by the time they're in the eighth grade. So the problem that folks have is not that I'm a black Republican. The problem that they have is that our children aren't learning. That's what we need to fight. We need to come together and fight for our children and get the best education possible. Possible, the need for educational excellence is heightened by the rising uh, of uh, of the uh, of Russia and China. We've we've got to figure it out. Come together, learn to get along, learn to love each other, so that we can remain the number one superpower in the world. Sears believes that her party's success in Virginia is indicative of what's coming for the rest of the nation because parents are always going to fight for their children people from all around the country are saying we now know that we too can achieve the same results that you had look at what happened in san francisco san francisco recalled three people in their uh, school board and the mayor who is a democrat and who is black was agreeing to that led the effort to do that that was a shocker when you're when you're seeing bastions of democratic leadership who are sounding more like like Republicans, then you know your message is working. And in in, in fact, when, when President Biden gave his State of the Union speech, I could have sworn to you, I thought that he was a Republican governor, or at least a Republican candidate for governor, is what she said. You know, people are understanding that common sense left the building, and they're going to vote her back in and that happens with voting republicans back in now just listening to those words listening to what she's about listening to to what what where she came from and and what she had to to overcome she didn't represent herself as a victim this wasn't something that she said boy you know what i am just oppressed man i could not make it because I was a black woman. i i I had all of these things put in my way by all these other races and all these other sexes, and that was not what came out of her mouth. What you're hearing here is a success story. What you're hearing here is a story of a woman who who put her mind to doing something and she did it for the right reasons, and she did it the right way, and she was voted and elected in, and here she is doing wonderful things. This is an exceptional story. This is something that we need to hear more of. These are the type of people that we need to be idolizing and and, and lifting up as heroes. This is the type of thing that we need to see more of. We don't need to see more of people who just put in positions. Why? Because they're a certain gender, or they're a certain race. That's not how you get excellent people in the positions they need to be in. There is a woman right here that was placed in her position for the right reasons, doing a great job. And I hope more people can look at people like her for inspiration. And you may agree with me on this. You may disagree with me on this, Let's let's have this as a conversation starter, and you can always go to uncommon sensepodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.